Super Bowl edition of Winging It. Thank you, everyone, as always, for joining us. I'm joined by Alex and Ali. I'm Andrew. We are stoked out of our stinking minds. We are just a few short days away from Super Bowl 57. I know these two guys. I was honestly, to be honest, I didn't know if you guys were already in Arizona or like, was I going to be talking to you like mid flight? But I see that you both have your normal backgrounds right now, which which lends me to believe you're still you haven't left quite yet. So, Alex, I will start with you first and foremost. Hello. Happy Super Bowl. Yes, sir. Uh, when do you when did the travels begin? Yeah, man. So we are leaving um, on Friday. So landing about 8 p.m. their time. I think Ali's going to get there a little bit before me. Uh, fortunate enough that uh, Ali has a family friend out there. So we got to save a lot of money on Clutch. the Airbnb costs. We got a Turo rental cars. Downright cheap trip. Actually, for <laughs> anyone that's listening right now, flights have gone down a little bit. But Ali and I are looking at StubHub and TickPick and some of these other uh, websites, and prices are getting down below. Don't be surprised if you could scoop some tickets up for under that $2,000 mark. I know it's a lot, but from where they were, like right after the NFC Championship to where they go now, just saying, you can get a pretty good deal out there. How about it? So, Ali, what's it look like for you? Are you guys getting out there like around the same time? Is there going to be any kind of layover period? What's your what's it looking like? Yeah, I mean, I'm uh, I'm mentally in Arizona right now. I feel like I've been mentally in Arizona <laughs> for the past, for the past week. Uh, yeah, there's I'm I'm gonna get there a little bit earlier than Alex. Um, scope out uh, my my family friend's place, get some get some groceries in the place, and and go pick up Alex in the airport because come Saturday morning, we are going to be doing this Super Bowl thing. Right. We're going to the Super Bowl experience. We're going yes, to sir. pretty much anything the NFL has to offer us. We're going to enjoy it on Saturday uh, in preparation for what I would say is a very small shindig that's happening at three, what? Three thirty, three thirty mountain time. Uh, is that is that the uh, Rihanna on, concert, on, Ali? The Rihanna concert is that she's talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I, I heard that she doesn't get paid for that concert. So why not? I think it's for charity. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I'm not catching on here. Is Re- are you actually seeing? Re- is she doing a warm up show? She's, do- she's doing that the halftime show. It- it's well, a joke. We're saying, oh, the football. Yeah. Oh, we're actually going there for a Rihanna concert, but staying for the Eagles. That's kind of that. That's the joke. And here I am, just yeah, seriously, right <laughs> over my head. Okay, thanks. You know, I I have. We all have our moments. Um, are you? 
before I guess you know while we're on the topic of of, of halftime shows, do you guys have a like a favorite halftime performance that you can recall? Ali, I'll start with you. Ooh, um, I mean, just as soon as you said that, I thought of the Justin Timberlake just because it happened I, to I be it. the Super Bowl that that we won. But uh, I loved how he went up into the uh, into the crowd, into the stands, and there was that kid who was like taking a selfie with him and he stopped like mid song to like take a selfie with this kid. And I'm sure it made his life, but yeah, I like that one. So I actually, when you said Justin Timberlake, I was immediately thinking Janet Jackson and, and Justin Timberlake. Oh. So oh. I didn't even the remember wardrobe malfunction. the wardrobe malfunction that there's a whole documentary on it. Like that ruined her career and it was really unfortunate, but we won't get too, too deep into that. Alex, uh, you seem like a Nelly guy and I, f- <laughs> 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 a Nelly guy? No, my favorite is uh, when when Missy Elliott came out. I forget what Super Bowl it was, yeah, but um, I think it was the same one. Missy Elliott is like the most—I don't want to say underrated because I think a lot of people appreciate her, but this new generation, like they're like big on Cardi B and uh, uh, Nicki Minaj. But I think Missy Element, Missy Elliott, is like the pinnacle female rapper. I thought she killed that show. Um, it's, yeah. So I think that was my favorite. And then, you know, out of a 90s baby, last year's show was amazing. Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar, Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg probably doesn't even remember that performance. So that was another wonder. Oh, 50 Cent looking like a dollar fifty sitting there doing the crunches <laughs> at the beginning of it. Uh, that was a, that was a good one, too. It's so interesting. I mean, it really is hard to please everyone when it comes to a halftime performance, because there's been years where it was like Paul McCartney or The Who. And so you have young people that are just like, these guys are about to keel over trying to sing a tune. And then you have other years where I'm sure there are a lot of parents being like, I have no idea what this is all about. So Rihanna, I think Rihanna can stretch both generations a little bit. I think last year's show did a pretty good job. Um, Guys, I got to be honest, I haven't listened to literally any sports radio since we recorded last wow. week which which i think was last monday um i wanted to listen to all the excitement from after we clinched but like leading up to it i don't even want to hear any of the yeah. noise you know what i mean so like i have my feelings on how i think the game is wh- what different outcomes we might see um which i guess i'll share now and i want to see what you guys think yeah I ultimately see this game being close. Obviously, we see the spread is, I think it's still at one and a half. Has it changed at all? Have you guys seen anything different? No, I haven't seen anything I don't think it's different. changed. So it's still, you know, a coin The only thing I have seen that has changed is there was like this score, the scripted score got oh, right. released. It was like 37-34 or whatever. And when you bet these on FanDuel, when you guess the correct score, the odds are ridiculous, like plus 250,000 or 2,500 or whatever it is, right? Like $1 will win you like 250 bucks. That specific score has been bet so heavy, the <laughs> odds makers adjusted it down to like plus 1,000, which is ridiculous that people actually think that that script and all of that, getting the correct score, it's just ridiculous. If it turns out to be that score, then then the NFL might break. It might like people might stop watching because they're hey, like, it has us winning. So script it, script it be. That's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll leave. We'll end on top. I love that. Um, so when I think about this game, obviously it's going to be very close. These are two awesome teams with two extremely extremely good quarterbacks. 
I do not see a scenario where the Eagles get blown out. So this game is either going to be a close game or it's going to be the Eagles running away with it. The one thing that we can say about this team, like looking back at the schedule, we do not get, we have not ever gotten handled. Every loss that we've had has been a winnable game. So I do not see a scenario where the Eagles are getting smoked. So like, I do think this is going to be an exciting game. And if it's not, it's because the Eagles are the ones laying the hurting. Um, so I'm feeling pretty confident. And and like I said, I haven't listened to much radio because I, I guess I don't, I'm just kind of, I'm okay feeling this way. Um, so leading into this week, Ali, has your feelings changed at all? Uh, you know, we were all riding a high after last episode. We just smoked the Niners. And so, you know, we've had some time to kind of dwell in our thoughts. So where are you in terms of outcome? Yeah, I don't think I would be surprised if we won this game by double digits. Um, and this is not going to be my score prediction at the end of this, but um, truly, I, I don't think that, you know, what I've heard is the Eagles have never seen or have never faced a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes this season, which is true. Uh, but I'll turn that statement around to Patrick Mahomes has not seen a defense like ours this year. We've got 70 sacks in the regular season. That's third most all time behind the 84 and 85 Bears, a vaunted pass rush. I think that year in 1985, Richard Dent, the defensive end, won Super Bowl MVP, right? Like that is how powerful this defense was. And I think we're we're at the same level from a sack perspective. I, I truly think this game is going to be one in the trenches between our defensive line and Kansas City's offensive line. And I think there are a ton of mismatches, starting with Hassan Reddick against uh, the the right tackle, Andrew Wiley, for, for Kansas City. He's let nine sacks here. He's allowed nine sacks this season. I think he's going to be the biggest hole. They're going to try to double-team Hassan Reddick, which is going to open up so many things for, for our other guys on the line. We've got four guys with over 10 sacks this season. I, I just don't see how we don't dominate the trenches on defense. Agreed. Alex. Yeah. I mean, so I have been listening to a lot of Philly radio. WIP has just, has just been on (laughs) and it's so interesting how different the air is in Philly than it was from 2017. 2017, we're entering a season or a Super Bowl, backup quarterback, Cinderella story. I put a Facebook status out. I'm like, if Nick Foles pulls this off, he'll be the most revered Philadelphian since Benjamin Franklin. And like, it's totally true, right? Like we have a statue. Like he is embodied in the Lincoln Financial parking lot for forever, right? Calling a Philly special. That was a Cinderella story. But now the Eagles have totally changed their mindset where – I think we've become a team where every team that has to come into Philadelphia, our game is circled on their calendars and they're like, crap, we have to play Philadelphia, right? So so the the, the air here, it's, it's very, very confident overall. And I think America agrees with us. My Yahoo Sports app, pick who you think is going to win. 56% of America is picking the Eagles to win this. We're one and a half point favorite. I cannot tell you a group of players or a position besides quarterback, but that's really only based off experience where the Kansas City Chiefs have have 
dominate over us. You know, the the key to the game on winning against the 49ers is the fact that Hassan Reddick was virtually untouched because they put a, a backup tight end on him to get him. They're putting Andrew Wiley, who's going to be against Brandon Graham and Hassan Reddick, who is like the third or fourth worst offensive tackle in the in the league. Orlando Brown is the fourth worst, and he's going to be dealing with all of our like. I I just don't see how I I really like I honestly cannot envision like who's Mahomes going to throw to Marquise Valdez Scantling that that's going to be their biggest guy. The only thing we have to do and every team has done it is we have to stop Travis Kelsey either need to double him or play him in a zone where he can't break free and find the open spots on the field. But in my opinion, to, to slow it down. I'm, I'm just getting really excited here. <laughs> I feel wonderful. I feel more confident about this game than I did against the 49ers game because 49ers scare the crap out of me. They didn't adequately prepare against us. And I think Shanahan's a wonderful coach. I think I think the 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 Chiefs are going to have their hands full of feathers. <laughs> yeah, it's. I agree with the majority. I think if 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 anything, you know. I, I understand the argument that Mahomes may not have the greatest receivers, but we've seen Tom Brady win Super Bowls with, you know, very, very mediocre receivers. I mean, heck, we've seen so many Eagles teams that just had mediocre receivers. And I know even like McNabb wasn't a great, the best, well, interestingly, he was like one of the best Eagles. My my rebuttal to that though is, is Patrick Mahomes has been here and he's had elite receivers the entire time he has it. So this will be the first time you see him when he doesn't have a Tyreek Hill. He doesn't have a Mecole Hardman. He doesn't have a Sammy Watkins that has really been carrying him. I, I, I can't even like quickly. I'd have to look at a listing. I can't think of four Kansas city wide receivers besides MVS and, and Kelsey who's a tight ends. Like I, Watson. I know that Juju. there's some injuries. Yeah, Juju. Ju- yeah, Juju, but come on. Tony, uh, I like, think Andy Reid, I think Andy Reid today said they have all practiced. I think there's only one guy um Mikol? Hartman. Yeah, Mikol yeah, Hartman. He, yeah. Yeah, he's he's on IR, right? Yeah. Yeah, but everyone else has practiced. So they're they're essentially their starting core of receiver. They're they are about as healthy as they can be from week 1. Yeah. I Which think is fine. that you know, I guess when it comes down to it, I'm more, you know, I'm more worried about Patrick Mahomes than I was worried about Brock Purdy. And also more, you know, Andy Reid is a better coach than Kyle Shanahan. Um, and this is a team that has Andy Reid, who has been in the Super Bowl before. Uh, you have Patrick Mahomes, who's been in the Super Bowl before. My next question for you, and actually, I guess I lied because I did listen to a little bit of sports radio. And I heard an interesting factoid um, or or maybe some reason for concern or caution, but such a big thing with the Super Bowl is that long halftime break. And they think that the Chiefs, they can see the Chiefs having a potential edge because Patrick Mahomes is has experienced that long break that you, you don't really experience unless you're playing in the Super Bowl. Um, so with that being said, you know, it's like, well, the Eagles, they have to stay fresh. They have to stay on top of their game. We don't want to lose any momentum. Does something like that, because Jalen Hurts has never been there before, is that something that you're fearful of when Mahomes has has been through this? 
I mean, we've pretty much sucked all season in the third quarter. So whatever time we need to extend <laughs> to to sort of like knock that rust off in the period right after halftime, I'm okay with. I don't I don't think so. I think these guys are professionals. There's people in the locker room on the Eagles that have been at this stage before, so they know what to expect. I think the team is adequately prepared to deal with an extended halftime stay. Um, I, I to be honest, like I I would be surprised if this game is close ish to where we don't have a, a sense of who's going to win this game at halftime. That's how confident I am. Yeah, I want to throw a few stats out here as far as um, just like why. Okay, so there, there's your concern. Um, but let's talk a little bit about some of the things that, that sway into our favor. And I want to talk about a running offense. Now, I've been saying from the start of this podcast this year, once our defense started humming, saying we can hang with any passing team, any pass-heavy team in the NFL because those teams don't necessarily win championships all the time. And I have some stats to prove that. So one of the key things to winning this game is controlling the football. And only four teams in the league have rushed for more yards per game than the Eagles. And only two clubs finished with more running plays than the Eagles. The Chiefs averaged 115.9 yards per game on the ground, which is 20th in the NFL. And over the season, they've only ran 417 running plays. So just to recap that, the Eagles ran 544, the Chiefs 417. Why is that significant? The team who has the most rushing yards has a 41-14 and record in the Super Bowl. And any other team that runs up with running more plays on Super Bowl Sunday, just more running plays in general, which the Eagles have a convincing lead over, that lead increases to 47-7. and 47-7. and Here's another mind-blowing fact. Brian Fye shared with us a little snippet right before we got on the podcast today. It's only happened a few times where the number one Offense, which is the Chiefs, goes against the number one defense against the Eagles. Now, I know you guys know the answer here, but think about it. Who tends to do better in that situation? The team with the number one defense tends to win by a 31-point differential on average. 31 points. Ali, I'm with you. I just don't see how we don't win by a double-digit lead. I'm hammering Eagles minus 12 and a half the second I hang up this call. Whoa, bold. Can I I add some some more stats on that? I feel like this is a a stat Sunday that that we're just making together right now. Um, Kansas City, because frankly, our run offense is unlike anything Kansas City has seen this year, right? Our run pass option is one of the most dynamic, one of the most explosive run offenses in the league. Against the RPO, Kansas City has given up 4.7 yards per carry, which is tied for 19th in the NFL. Um, our, our quarterback sneak, a.k.a. the, the double-cheek push, Andrew, um, we've favorite. run that play we've run that play 33 times this season and it's worked 29 times. Kansas City has defended a quarterback sneak 14 times this season. They've stopped it once. Oh. This is not this is not a fair matchup. Our run <laughs> offense versus their rush defense, it's not a fair matchup. And to be honest, the pre- the only person on that Kansas City defense that kind of gives me pause is Chris Jones. He's 
you know, got a win rate of something like 21%, which is first among defensive tackles. He's been double teamed this season, about 69% of his snaps, which is most in the NFL. And Frank, I mean, he likes to eat in the fourth quarter. I think eight out of his 15 and a half sacks this season came, came in the fourth quarter. So I think if we can contain Chris Jones, this is, this is not, this is not a contest. It's so weird to think that because the Chiefs are a strong team. Like, and even just the whole Mahomes Andy Reid era, the Chiefs have been not that they're winning Super Bowls every season, but they're always atop of the you know of 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 the the NFL ranks. And now here, this Eagles team just completely. Where did this come from? Well, yeah. we know where it came from. This team was constructed brilliantly this year. Um, I think it was Alex that we have a little bit of a conversation earlier this week. We were talking about uh, homegrown talent. And I think how 11 or 10 out of 11 starters on offense are, are, all, 11. are all from the draft. So the only starter on the offense not drafted is A.J. Brown. Wow. That's pretty remarkable. And I know we were given some props to uh, to Howie Roseman, but I'm like, I, I got to step on the brakes a little bit. I don't I don't give Howie like, yes. Did we draft, uh, you know, my in the seventh round? Did we draft Jason Kelsey in the fifth round? I think it was the fifth or sixth round. Um, but it's like there's that does not, you know, at least in my humble opinion, does not excuse the years of mistakes. Um, he does. However, he, he did a brilliant job of making up for those mistakes with the various transactions, the the free agent pickups, the trades. Um, so this team right now is just completely, we look at it and it's like, wow, this team can actually blow out the Chiefs. It really is is possible. And uh, it's just so, it's just wild. I'm, it's it, this whole season. I can't believe how good we are. Um, yeah, I don't know what it, I, like even looking at these these like the 2004 team, the 2017 team, I like seriously out of all of those teams, Brian Dawkins might be the only player from a past team that would start for this for this current team. And he would start over, I guess, Epps, but like every other position. Yeah, I mean, it's worth it's worth pondering. I do have the 20. I have the 2004. So you yeah, you got Coach Reed. You got Donnie, Donovan McNabb. Probably give the edge to Hurts. Brian Westbrook. That's 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 arguable. But I I think that we can all agree that running back is kind of yeah. You, you can intermix running back. Yeah, they're replaceable. Doesn't the edge doesn't have to be too great there. Um, wide receivers. They had T.O. and Todd Pinkston. So clear edge with A.J. and Devante. Their tight end was L.J. Smith. Dallas Goddard is is. Oh God. I, so remember the, the name LJ Smith. Yeah, right. <laughs> Again, we're we're going we're back in 04 here. Uh left tackle, yeah, tr- so th- the line was Trey Thomas, Artis Hicks, Hank Fraley. <laughs> oh yeah. Jermaine hey, Mayberry. Hank. Yep, and John Runyon. So we did have Trey Thomas and John Runyon who were just kind of both the, you know, the staples of that line for such a long time. No, no and- I, this is the best Eagles team that's ever existed. Yep. I mean that that's the point, right? right? Like that's a podcast. Just 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 let's just shut it off. There, there, <laughs> there's not a better team. No, but seriously, like I've even and, and like you know I was really young in '04, but that's that's what all these like old timers are calling into the radio. They're like, this is different, right? This is this is just so different. Um, there is there is one thing that I'll uh, I'll call out um, because we're not 
infallible, right? Like we we make these 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 sort of like hyperbolic claims. Um, one of our listeners, uh, Pat M, reached out uh, vehemently disagreeing with a statement that we were talking about last week about uh, our our defense sort of being the greatest defense that we've ever seen. Um, arguing that the 1991 vaunted Philadelphia Eagles defense was much, much, uh, you know, much more powerful. So I went in, I looked at the stats. Um, we lead the 91 defense in sacks, 70 to 55. We forced more fumbles than the 91 defense, 15 to 11. And that's where things start kind of falling apart. Um, tackles, they lead us. Interceptions, they have 26, we have 17. Fumble recoveries, 37 to R22. Passing touchdowns, they gave up 16 versus R22. Rushing touchdowns, they gave up four versus R15. The list goes on. I think, you know, the 91 defense should be given its respect. But holistically, Alex, I would agree with your statement that this is the best holistic team that I've ever seen. And we also do have, we play one more game this year. So that does kind of help give this, uh, this year's team an edge in terms of sacks, but that kind of makes some of those other statistics even more impressive in terms of, uh, inter- what was it? 20, you said 27 interceptions from that team. That's 26 interceptions to R 16. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe the quarterback and that's not yeah. a pass heavy era that early nineties. Right. That is not like, uh, you're not seeing anywhere near as many passes as, as you are now. It's a good point. Yeah, but but I think I think to what you said, Ali, I look at it from offense. Like we're playing in a Super Bowl, right? Like we right. we've we've seen, you know, defenses that are elite. Like I think about the Chicago Bears a, th- a few years ago. That was like the scariest defense I could imagine. Like when Khalil Mack was playing at like his mm-hmm. absolute prime. And we won off the double doink, but like that team kind of kind of vanished, right? So we can talk about great defenses of the past, and I'm sure that that team overshines us in some stats. But the fact that we've taken this team to get to a Super Bowl, I also think takes a ton because because here here's kind of the comparisons that I've heard from national media. Our defense is going to allow Jalen to not play as well as Mahomes has to play with given the talent around him. Mm-hmm. Patrick Mahomes has to play at a Super Bowl MVP, MVP of the league caliber. And if you're looking at the historical data, league MVPs don't win Super Bowls very often. It hasn't happened in, in several decades. And, 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 I, and I think we're, we're pretty sure that Patrick Mahomes is going to win league MVP, right? And, and Am I right? Am I right with that? Yeah. See, see the head's nodding. Yeah, sadly. So, so that's going to take a lot of, I don't want to say pressure off of Jalen because I think Jalen needs to be playing, you know, at, at the best he's ever played as well, but it, 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 it's not to the same pedigree that Mahomes is going to have to live up to. So I know this podcast sounds ridiculous. Maybe it's because we're Philadelphia Eagles fans, (laughs) But man, I'm I'm really finding it really difficult to to find ways that we are going to mess this up. The San Francisco defense and what they could do to Hurts scare me much more than this team does. It's it's ridiculous how confident I am going into a Super Bowl. So here here's some stats that I pulled um, that give me pause. Right, if Kansas City is able to somehow subvert our pass rush, um, and I think there is a chance because Andy Reid is a heavily offensive minded coach, and I it wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him to come up with a solid scheme. Um, Patrick Mahomes uh, faced pressure about twenty five percent of his snaps this season. 
39% of his touchdown passes were against the blitz. Now, we're not a very blitz-heavy defense. However, if we do decide to blitz, that's where Patrick Mahomes can burn you. I feel a little bit more comfortable with our secondary and our coverage than other teams that he's faced this season. But still, he is able to make his money through those off-schedule plays that we've come to come to learn from Patrick Mahomes over the last few years. Against tight ends, we're ranked fifth in the NFL. Against wide receivers, we're ranked fifth in the NFL. Against running backs, and here's where I think, you know, if if Andy Reid is a is a sound-minded uh, of an offensive genius, as I think he is, we are 19th in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes' passes, 21% of them went to running backs coming out of the backfield in the flat and running uh, those wheel routes. 13% went to McKinnon. So I think, I truly think that the running backs are going to play a more prominent role in Kansas City's offense because of what we've shown on film this season about not being able to cover running backs as well as we have tight ends and wide receivers. Mm, yeah, no, that's, that's, that's interesting analysis for sure. But I also think that, I mean, preparate, what I've, what I've heard this week too is everyone would love an Andy Reid preparation team but then nick sirianni actually coach the game because andy reed is really bad in game time decisions like if they could actually switch 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 the two out um yeah i i hear that but it's not it's not hitting home for me ali just not no and i'm not i'm not trying to make it hit home what i am saying you're trying is to scare me you're trying to ruin is, my trip you're trying to ruin my there, trip <laughs> our our trip you're alex sick, our ali. trip you are sick <laughs> Um, no, I, I meant it as a, if there is a chance that Kansas City is able to find a way around our our defense, it's going to be on the chance that uh, our defensive line is not disciplined enough to cover a screen pass. Um, our you know cornerbacks are not disciplined enough to keep their eyes out in the backfield for, for running backs that you know kind of squirt out after they, they chip block Hassan Reddick or Josh Perspiration. Sure. If they're able to contain running backs, I just don't think how Patrick Mahomes, I, I just don't see how Patrick Mahomes can do it all. I, obviously, you know, a quarter of his passes went to Travis Kelsey. If we can contain Travis Kelsey, I think this game is pretty much done. Um, but I wouldn't put it past Andy Reid coming up with a, a scheme that features his running backs a little bit more prominently, knowing that we're likely to double team Kelsey. Yeah. You know, it's Patrick Mahomes has that, you know, very unique ability to extend a play. And that is something that all the greats are able when they're able to do that and throw the ball accurately on the run off balance. You know, those are the true elite quarterbacks in this game. That is, you know, something that will always allow the Chiefs offense to have a chance um, just because weird things that you can't even really practice against happen because Mahomes is that gifted of a player. I have two things here. Uh, so on one hand, we know that Patrick Mahomes is not 100%. He's still dealing with a little bit of an ankle injury, which is not ideal when you are trying to scramble and avoid pressure. And on the other hand, the most recent injury reports for the Eagles are looking pretty positive. Like, I think everyone is fully practicing. Healthy. Everyone's healthy. healthy. So Maddox. you have Avante Maddox yep. back, which is which is huge. Um, you have Landon Dickerson. <clears throat> I know he was banged up for a little bit. Yep. I'm trying to think who else um, 
you know, I think there were a couple injuries on the line, but just having this team fully healthy at this point of the season, like, yeah, of course we had a, we had a first round buy and we had another week off to recover, which all is, is very helpful, but it's almost like it, it almost makes Jalen hurts shoulder, you know, like really is, is that, is, is that again, the biggest thing that we need to worry about and how do we, have you guys seen anything, heard anything in this past week in terms of how his recovery is going? No, I just heard an um, a media announcer. Uh, th- this whole this whole media week, I hate it. I know, I, <laughs> it, I, and, and like I hate it because I'm partaking. But like the Super Bowl has just become so commercialized. Like I know, I know, I'm going out there and, and all of this, and it costs a lot. But like. It, you're an just, Eagles fan. You know, you're just, not just going. Yeah, for the super, yeah. You're going to but, support but the Eagles. It, it's just ridiculous. Like the one guy said, I, I doubted you and I didn't think you would make them go to a Super Bowl. And Jalen Hurts was like, yeah, you're not the only one. He's like, well, I just want to tell you, man to man, I'm sorry. And Jalen Hurts said, cool. <laughs> That's all he said. <laughs> or, or the announcer is asking Nick Sirianni, which player would you not let you date your daughter? And he's like, dude, my, my daughter's three. <sighs> And one <laughs> announcer actually said, is this a must-win game? And Nick just said, yes. That's- <laughs> and that was it. It's like, it's just like, it's like no, like, it's actually uh, not a must-win game. I think week one of, of the next season's the must-win. It's yeah, like, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. But no, I, I, I think I haven't heard anything from, from practice. Um, Wait, real quick. It- have you, did you have you, do you recall the Alshon Jeffrey uh, press conference yeah, from a couple dude, years ago? Yeah, dude, I agree with him 100%. He's just like, he's like, yeah, this is cool. Like, you know, it's great. Justin Timberlake's here. Like, there's stars and stuff. But, like, I'd rather he, be in Philly. He, he didn't he's say like, it I don't want to nice. be here. He didn't, he didn't say it that say nice. That no, nice. He, he was he, trying he's to. He's like, yeah. this is dumb. We should have been in Philly. This whole thing is dumb. And then the announcer is like, well, then you couldn't meet Justin Timberlake. And he's like, bro, he's just a guy. He bleeds just like I do. Like, I he's don't like, I don't like, care. What, what are your thoughts on playing a game in Minnesota? He's like games inside doesn't matter <laughs> <laughs> i love it though i love it. he's like this is so dumb, dumb as hell this why is dumb where as did hell. like where are these reporters coming who who's hiring these people to ask the most nonsense questions but anyway sorry i know i, I cut you off i just well we we are applying for our uh nfl correspondence credentials as the yeah. winging it podcast to be able to make it to the next super bowl at allegiant stadium well, I think yeah. we, would, we would ask the hard-hitting questions and or we would just um I don't know. We can do better than asking about Nick Sirianni's Sirianni's three year old daughter. That's for sure. Yeah. So it, anyway, yeah. I, I don't. I don't think anything's coming out. Hassan Reddick. I forget who it was. One one of you guys shared. I don't know if it was you, Ali, or or Bryce, but it was like they just look at this Hassan Reddick face. He looks angry, and someone zoomed in. <laughs> yeah. He looks like he's looking for Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, to answer your question about Hertz, that's probably the biggest question mark in my mind. He's had a, what, sub 75 rating in the last three games or three out of his last four. You know, how healthy is the shoulder? How off is his timing? We all saw the the overthrow to, to A.J. Brown against the 49ers. So those are the types of things that I would want to see, you know, cleaned up pretty quickly. Kansas City's defense who are their cornerbacks mcduffie and watson two rookies like if Devontae smith and and aj brown don't just eat them up i another another honestly i just like i don't want to jinx us because at the end of the day my score prediction is going to be much much closer than than you know what i'm talking about here but 
our red zone offense is third this season. 67.8% of our drives in the red zone have resulted in points. Kansas City's red zone off defense is 31st in the league. You beat me to it, Ali. I'm so glad you're bringing this up because uh, this is like significant. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. 67.3% of opponent red zone offense result in points scored against mm. Kansas City. If mm. you're telling me that we can't make it inside Kansas City's 20-yard line and still have a 67.3% chance of scoring mm. and not win this game, I, I just I don't see how this game turns into anything close. You know those noises that I mistakenly let out a couple episodes ago because I didn't right. know. I was just feeling... I've gotten inquiries, by the way. And yet... <laughs> And yet I've heard of none of them. Are you trying to save them? Are you trying to save them? <laughs> well, um, as you were talking right there, Ali, I really was really trying to keep it in because that's like, that's, that's, that's juicy. Like that makes me feel so incredibly confident. Like aside from Kansas city being so poor in the red zone or what is it? They're 31st. Is it in red zone touchdowns allowed or is it just red zone scoring altogether? Red zone defense. Red zone Total. defense. Because I know that they are right at the bottom of the pack as well in touchdowns allowed within within the red zone. Um, I know, mm -hmm. Alex, we've talked about games this year where Jalen Hurts never even had an opportunity to throw a red zone, a red zone touchdown because he hit a bunch of you know deep yeah. passes to AJ. But when this team is in the red zone, it just feels like it's such a rarity for us to actually settle for a field goal. I know sometimes that's strategic, and it depends what point of the game it is, but... Most of the time, it doesn't feel like we even need to get to fourth down. So I'm just really, I, I, again, it just makes me feel good about this matchup. You know, we are a strong, strong pass defense, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs' strength. And on the other hand, we are a very strong overall offense. And then when we're in the red zone, we get it done. So the fact that Kansas City, they have these two rookie corners, I, I think that they're still starting. Apologies if 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 there have been injuries that have taken whatever recoveries, but um, I don't know, just everything. It's so hard to not feel confident. And I'm, I'm, I'm not used to feeling this way. And I know, I know that you guys get it and we're just so close. All right. I'm not, we can do in score predictions now. I guess so. All right. So, they're not going to score it in upscale. They're not going to score a touchdown at all. That's what, that's what I always say. Um, I was thinking 20 to 33 Philadelphia. But I think Kansas City may get another one in there. But then again, I do think we can win by 12, 13 points. So I'm going to stick with that. I'm going to say 20 to 33. Two of those touchdowns come very early in the game. And then Kansas City misses two-point conversion or no, because the math wouldn't work out that way. Um, two touchdowns, six points. Yeah. Yeah. They miss a two-point conversion. 20 to 33. Philadelphia 20 to 33. Yep. 20 to 33. I like Kansas City for two touchdowns and th three field goals. Feels like a lot. What's that? 23, 14. And nine. So we'll say 23 for Kansas City. I like the Eagles to score three touchdowns. That's 21 and two field goals. So that is 21 and six. 27, 23, 
Eagles. I feel like the Eagles are going to score more than 27, but that's that's what feels right in my body right now. So 27-23. Ali? Ali, what do you think? I know I know what you're doing, Ali. I know where you're taking this. Um, to the limit. Well, before, before I do that, I just saw I, – I just read this crazy statistic that whoever wins this game in State Farm Stadium is going to have more wins in Arizona than the Cardinals did this season. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> That's pretty bad. They won one game against the New Orleans Saints this year at home. And that That's was it. Bad. Wow. That's a fun um game. my score prediction this game, and I opined over this for several hours, trying to think how this game was gonna turn out. And eventually opined. I got to twenty seven twenty four Eagles. I thought you so said it was going to be a double-digit win. I thought you said it was going to be a double-digit win. You know, I'm not superstitious, but I'm a little stitious. <laughs> uh, and every time I've given that score prediction, it's turned into a blowout. So why stop now? I love that. Cool. Guys, I actually, I should have led with this earlier in the episode, but I, I feel like it's, you know, I should, well, I'll tell you guys, whatever. Um, so I, I, I started this week off in such a in such a wonderful way. So my, a good friend of mine invited me to a dairy farm and at this dairy farm, they were naming new calves. They were naming the calves and the people who own the farm, I think it's in Chester County. Uh, we were around like Morgantown area. So Delaware County, Chester County. So this particular farm, the farm, the family that, 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 that runs the farm, they're huge Eagles fans. And so they wanted to name their calves after, some of the Eagles players. So there was Jason Kelsey. There mm. was Elite Jordan, name. Jordan Mulata. Ooh. There was, uh, what else? I think there was Zach Pascal and I I think like Landon Milkerson, which is kind <laughs> of, a, I think, uh, Isaac say, say Mu. Um, and we were trying to think of one more. And this is like, usually what, like I live for this stuff. I live for making up these silly things. And I couldn't think of anything. The next day, I send my sister. There was like a little news article, you know, cute little thing. So I sent my sister the article, and she's like, "Please tell me that there was one named Darius Slay, Darius Slay." Ooh. And I was so Ooh. upset. I was so upset. Wow. That we didn't think of that. It was such a home run of a name. But uh, anyway, pretty cool little thing. It was like it was on Monday. I'm like, this is such a perfect way to start Super Bowl week. I'm just on a freaking farm with some cows, and we're naming them after Eagles. They actually, so when the weather's cold, they need to wear these blanket jackets, and they they were in these Eagles green, and somebody cut out the Eagles lettering, but it's like the letterhead of or the lettering that the team uses. So we had all of the calves standing sideways, and it spelled out E A G. Let's see. What did I, I, I don't know what E A G L E I can't spell Eagles. I'm too, I'm not going to do it. I'm done. Um, so they spell it out Eagles, which I'm still learning how to spell. It's okay. I have a podcast about it. Just don't know how to spell the word. And, uh, it looked legit, man. It was like the new Eagles lettering. It looked really cool. So anyway, what a, just a cool thing to be a part of. And I wanted to share that at the beginning, but that's pretty I awesome. I thought that this was going to take a very dark turn, <laughs> And they were going to name them after all the Kansas City Chiefs players. And it was actually a veal farm that you went to. And the day before the Super Bowl, they were going to go to market. So, Travis Kelsey, yoink. Patrick, 
Moo Holmes. Yoink. Patrick Moo Holmes. Dude, exactly. So that's good. I'm glad that it didn't take that turn because I thought you were going to say. Jarek Milkinen. Hey. Yo, guys. There we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, guys. Hey, be, if, uh, if sports one... media doesn't work out, we can be uh, dairy farm cow namers. <laughs> <laughs> I hear they're uh, they're in short supply right now. Um, guys, real quick, I just want to to do a shameless plug here. So since Alex and I are going to be in Glendale, we are going to be live streaming off our Facebook page, Winging It, an Eagles podcast. So if you're not following us, please follow us on Facebook. Um, we are going to be taking out our phones, taking any live videos that we can of the Super Bowl experience outside the stadium during the tailgate party pre pregame, uh, as well as inside the stadium, uh, as much as we can. So again, follow us on Facebook. So, so you don't miss the action live. Heck yeah. yeah. That's awesome. awesome. That's great stuff. All Alex, right, man, send us, send us home. All right. Our next episode. <gasps> no, who won? Is it Super Bowl? Super Bowl Fifty Seven, right? Fifty Seven. Fifty Seven. Fifty Seven. We'll find out who won. Super- God, I love the branding this year. By the way, branding is elite. It was very corporate, very gray before. I like how they incorporate everything else into it. So great one to win. Um, it's been so much fun this season. It took an unexpected turn. Did so much better than we thought we did. Regardless of what happens, I'm just so excited. To be able to go to Phoenix with Ali, experience this wonderful moment, hopefully bring a Super Bowl back on the plane with us. Love you all. Thank you so much for tuning in. And as always, go birds! Go birds!